Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, celebrating 50 years of sharing God's unconditional love and grace. Welcome to the Gospel Truth broadcast. Welcome to a very special edition of the Gospel Truth. You are three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Healing is a part of the atonement of Christ. God wants you well. How can you doubt that you'll get it if you've already got it? You're already blessed. Everything that Jesus came to do, the power for it is released through the gospel, the good news, the nearly too good to be true news. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm beginning a brand new series, and it's going to be exciting. But before I get into that, let me just mention that, as you can tell, we are not on our normal set. We are now moving from Colorado Springs up to Woodland Park. We've had our Karis Bible College here for four years now, but we have just acquired a new facility in Woodland Park adjacent to our Karis Bible College campus, and we're in the process of refurbishing that and moving our television set up there. Matter of fact, I was over there just uh, day before yesterday, and they nearly have the set completely reassembled. Of course, we don't have any of the background uh, and the lighting and things like that, so there's still a lot of work to do, but all of that to say that that's the reason that I'm in one of our conference rooms in our new auditorium. You know, by the grace of God, we have finished four years worth of building on this building, and we moved in at the latter part of August, and man, that has been a praise the Lord. And we actually now have already started and are quite a, uh, far away along on our parking garage, and that's going to be a 336,000 square foot building that will be able to park a thousand and 85 cars. So all of this is explanation about why we're in this conference room. The sun is coming up here in Colorado, and uh, it's not the optimal background, but uh, praise God, my crew's just doing a great job. And for a few weeks here, we're going to be using temporary studios until we get everything set over in our new facility. Today, I am beginning a brand new series, and this series is actually about how to deal with shame and how to deal with condemnation and fear and all of these kind of things. And I tell you, every single person watching this program deals with these things one time or another. And sad to say, there's a lot of people that just live in a constant state of condemnation. They live with constant shame over things that have happened. And that can be devastating. Matter of fact, today we see a suicide rate that has just broken all records. We are seeing more people commit suicide than ever before, and there's multiple things involved, but certainly this condemnation, this guilt and shame that people live with, it's one of the ways that people think that they can cope with it is just to end it all. Of course, if you really believe the Word of God, what the Word of God says when a person commits suicide, that does not end it all. That just ends their opportunity to get things straightened out in this life. But they immediately go into an eternity where they are going to live forever, either in the presence of God or separated from the presence of God. For those that don't know the Lord, suicide just made things a lot worse. But today, people are expressing their... Um, I don't know, their dissatisfaction, their dis depression, their discouragement that they have in their life. And sad to say, this is the new norm for a lot of people, and it's not meant to be that way. So what I want to start talking about 
is a series. I've got a brand new book out on this, and this book is entitled, Who Told You That You Were Naked? Now, that may sound like a strange title, but you know, it was about a year ago, maybe 18 months ago, I was on an airplane, and I was actually asleep uh, on this airplane, and the Lord just woke me up and said, Who told you that you were naked? And of course, this is a quotation from God. This is one of the very first questions that God ever asked mankind. And the context of this is in Genesis chapter 3. This is where Adam and Eve were beguiled by the serpent. They ate of the forbidden tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and immediately their eyes were opened. They knew that they were naked, and instead of running to God, they ran from God and they hid themselves, and they made uh, fig leaves to cover themselves. They sewed them together. And when the Lord appeared, this is in Genesis and chapter 3, He said, Where art thou? In verse 9 and in verse 10, Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God said unto Adam, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And so this is what the Lord spoke to me, and I've been meditating on this. And did you know this is something that I believe is going to set you free? The subtitle of this book is A Study of the Conscience. And I'm just going to say some things real quickly. I'll verify this as I go through this series. But it wasn't the Lord that told Adam and Eve that they were naked that they were missing something, that something was deficient. It wasn't the Lord who condemned them and caused fear to come in them. And there is no mention that this was the devil. You know what actually happened? It was that tree of the knowledge of good and evil that gave them this conscience of sin. And I'm going to explain this in more detail as I go through this series, but I believe that when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of good and evil, that is the first time they had this conscience of, you know, what is right and what is wrong. Let me turn over here to a scripture in Romans chapter 2, and this will give a scriptural definition of what a conscience is. So in Romans chapter 2 and in verse 14, it says, For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law, are a law unto themselves, and look at this in verse 15, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. You know, if you were to look the word conscience up in a dictionary, it just will say your intuitive or inner knowledge of right and wrong, uh, uh, a feeling of guilt uh, or either confidence in good or bad, and it ta describes it. But here the Bible is saying that it's just your thoughts, the meanwhile, accusing or else excusing you. As we go further into this series, I'm going to show you over in 1 John chapter 3 where it says that, man, if our heart doesn't condemn us, then we have confidence towards God. You can put that together with Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, I believe it is, where it says, "'Cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward.'" It says over in 1 Timothy chapter 1 about some people have put away a good conscience and have made their faith shipwrecked. So there's a lot of scriptures that I'm going to be bringing to bear on all of this, but the point I'm trying to get across is whether you use this word conscience and to describe 
your inner feelings of guilt and shame and condemnation, whether you describe it that way or not, that is the scriptural way of dealing with this. And when Adam and Eve transgressed against God and ate of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that is when a conscience began to function in them. And the very first effects that this conscience had on our ancestors, on Adam and Eve, was that they knew they were naked and immediately shame and fear came upon them. They ran from God instead of to God. And did you know that there's people watching this program right now that you may not have even used these terms that I'm using, but you feel so condemned over the way that your life has gone, over the mistakes that you've made. You have so much shame in your life that you just live with this. And just like Adam and Eve, it drives you from God instead of to God. What I'm going to be sharing with you is how to purge your conscience. Matter of fact, I'll deal with this again as I get further into this series, but over in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 2, it's saying that because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you should have no more conscience of sin. Now that is an amazing statement right there, that you should have no more sin conscience. It didn't say sin consciousness. There is a benefit to knowing when you cross a line and when you're doing something wrong. You know, it's like if you put your hand on a hot stove or something, you don't enjoy that pain that you feel, but there is a purpose to it. It immediately makes you retract your hand. You know, back uh, at Christmas time, I stuck this finger right here into a uh, table saw. <laughs> and uh, praise God, I've got one of these ta table saws. It's a chain stop, uh, or saw stops, what they call it. And immediately, the moment it contacts flesh, the whole thing just stops. It cost me about $80 to repair it, but that's cheaper than my finger. But anyway, my point is that you stick your finger in something and immediately you pull back and the pain has a purpose. Uh, a conscience, the condemnation, the guilt, the shame, the fear that comes from it, even though it is not something that we embrace and that none of us like, there is a purpose to it. And let me just say this, that I, I am saying this as andeology. What that means is, uh, I've never heard anybody else say this. It's something that I haven't meditated on enough to be absolutely authoritative and say, thus saith the Lord. But I have studied it to a degree. And I believe that the reason that the Lord made the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree that he commanded them not to eat of, is because when they ate of this tree is when their conscience uh, came alive. Either there's one of two things. Either God created them with the capacity for a conscience, but it was just non-functional until this tree activated it and brought it to light. Or what I believe probably happened was that when they ate of this tree, it literally gave them a conscience. This is where they, this is where mankind gained a conscience. And even though, again, I'm saying that a conscience produces, you know, as it says over there in Romans chapter 2, verse 15, it condemns you or either excuses you. Even though your conscience can bring you shame and guilt and things like this, God never intended us to live that way. But once we transgress against God and once we were out on our own and doing our own thing, there is a benefit to having a conscience that will show you right and wrong. And I believe God knew all of these things were going to come to pass. You know, over in Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, it talks about Jesus being the lamb 
that was slain from the foundation of the world. And if you look at the symbolism in the book of Revelation and even uh, John the Baptist, when Jesus came to be baptized by him, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Isaiah chapter 53 and many places in Scripture show that Jesus was the Lamb that was slain for us. And according to Revelation 13, 8, he was slain from the foundation of the world. What this means is God knew that His creation, mankind, would rebel at Him. He knew that they would be separated from Him, and yet because of His great love, He was willing to suffer all of the rejection. He was willing to see all of the corruption that sin brought into the world, and He was willing to offer His Son. Before He even created us, He knew what was going to happen, and He had already planned on our redemption. The Lamb was slain, uh, in God's heart, in His mind, the provision was made before the need ever existed. So what I'm saying through that is that God anticipated our rebellion. He knew that it would happen, and I believe that there's a reason. He made the tree of the knowledge of good and evil the one that He told Adam and Eve not to eat of, because He, as long as we lived in a sinless state, there was no need for this inner conscience that condemned us, that showed us that we were wrong, and that was constantly judging all of our actions. We were created in innocency, and there was no reason for this sense of guilt, condemnation, shame, fear, any of these kind of things. But once we rebelled at God, even though it is unpleasant, did you know that the conscience serves a purpose? If people were just, I mean, well, let me rephrase this. This is what uh, Romans chapter 1, when it talks that because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God turned them over to a reprobate mind. You know what that means? He just literally took away their conscience. Now people can sin with impunity. And according to Romans chapter 1, that is a terrible state to be in. It's being reprobate, which means beyond help. You no longer have any knowledge of your need for God. And uh, Romans chapter 1 describes progressive steps that people take away from this, and there's many things involved in there, lying and stealing and, and uh, you know, thinking that uh, their own wisdom is superior to God, and it lists a number of things. It mentions adultery, and the last step is homosexuality. The last step before you become reprobate is this thing to where you embrace people of the same sex and have sexual relationships with them. And some people are offended by what I'm saying, but I'm just quoting what the Bible says. You can read it yourself in Romans chapter 1. And the last step before God turns people over to a reprobate mind where basically He just takes away the conscience from them is homosexuality. And we see our society moving in that direction and embracing these things. And when a person gets to where they no longer have a intuitive knowledge of right and wrong. It's a dangerous place to be in. And we see people living this way that are flaunting their ungodliness and allowing Satan to come in and just destroy lives. This is not the way that God made us to be. Also, over in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and I'm going to be going into all of these scriptures in more detail. I'm just trying to show you how important what I'm talking about is. But in 1 Timothy chapter 4, it says, In the last days people will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of the devil. And it says that they would have their conscience seared with a hot iron. 
YOU KNOW, WHAT THIS IS DESCRIBING IS LIKE IF YOU HAVE A CUT OR SOMETHING AND IF YOU WERE IN A SITUATION WHERE YOU COULDN'T, uh, YOU KNOW, GET A DOCTOR TO DEAL WITH IT AND STITCH IT UP OR SOMETHING LIKE THAT, ONE OF THE WAYS THAT PEOPLE DEAL WITH WOUNDS LIKE THAT IS TO CAUTERIZE THEM, WHERE THEY TAKE SOMETHING LIKE REALLY HOT AND THEY JUST STICK IT TO IT AND IT, and it BURNS AND IT'LL KILL THOSE NERVES, BUT IT'LL ALSO SEAL THAT WOUND. AND THIS IS WHAT THIS IS DESCRIBING, THAT YOU CAN HAVE YOUR CONSCIENCE SEARED WITH A HOT IRON. IN OTHER WORDS, TO WHERE YOU NO LONGER FEEL ANYTHING, WHERE YOUR CONSCIENCE ISN'T FUNCTIONAL. AND THAT IS A DANGEROUS, DANGEROUS SITUATION. GOD MADE THE TREE OF THE KNOWLEDGE OF GOOD AND EVIL THE THING THAT HE COMMANDED ADAM AND EVE NOT TO EAT OF BECAUSE HE DIDN'T WANT US TO HAVE THIS SHAME. HE DIDN'T WANT US TO HAVE THIS FEAR. HE WANTED US TO LIVE IN INNOCENCY. BUT ONCE WE SINNED, THEN THAT TREE OF THE KNOWLEDGE OF GOOD AND EVIL PROVIDED A FUNCTION FOR FALLEN MANKIND. WE NEED A CONSCIENCE. AND LET ME JUST SAY THIS, YOU CAN'T REALLY FUNCTION WITHOUT A CONSCIENCE, AGAIN, UNLESS YOU'RE REPROBATE. AND ONCE YOU BECOME REPROBATE, ONCE YOU BECOME WHERE GOD IS NO LONGER DEALING WITH YOU AND CONVICTING YOU, THERE IS NO HOPE OF SALVATION. THERE IS NO HOPE OF GOD INTERVENING IN YOUR LIFE. IT'S A TERRIBLE SITUATION. WE NEED A CONSCIENCE, BUT WE NEED A GOOD CONSCIENCE. THE SCRIPTURE TALKS ABOUT IN HEBREWS CHAPTER 9 THAT WE HAVE TO PURGE OUR CONSCIENCE FROM DEAD WORKS SO THAT WE CAN SERVE A LIVING GOD. HEBREWS CHAPTER 10 SAYS WE HAVE TO COME BOLDLY INTO THE THRONE OF GOD, HAVING OUR HEARTS SPRINKLED FROM AN EVIL CONSCIENCE. PAUL ALSO SAID THAT HE HAD TO EXERCISE HIMSELF ALWAYS TO HAVE A CONSCIENCE VOID OF OFFENSE. SO I SAY ALL OF THESE THINGS TO SAY THAT WHAT I'M GOING TO START TALKING ABOUT IS ABOUT HOW YOU CAN LIVE IN A RELATIONSHIP WITH THE LORD TO WHERE THE BLOOD OF THE LORD JESUS CHRIST HAS CLEANSED YOUR CONSCIENCE FROM THIS SHAME, FROM THIS GUILT, FROM THIS FEAR THAT SO MANY PEOPLE LIVE WITH. IT'S NOT AUTOMATIC. IT'S SOMETHING THAT, LIKE PAUL SAID, YOU HAVE TO EXERCISE YOURSELF TO DO THIS. LIKE THE WRITER OF HEBREWS SAID, YOU HAVE TO PURGE THAT CONSCIENCE FROM DEAD WORKS SO THAT YOU CAN SERVE A LIVING GOD. IF YOUR CONSCIENCE IS CONDEMNING YOU, LIKE PAUL SAID IN 1 TIMOTHY 1, IT WILL MAKE YOUR FAITH SHIPWRECK. AND THIS IS EXACTLY WHERE A LOT OF PEOPLE ARE. THERE ARE PEOPLE WATCHING THIS PROGRAM RIGHT NOW THAT YOU JUST DON'T HAVE A CONFIDENCE TOWARDS GOD AND YOU DON'T UNDERSTAND WHY. I'M GOING TO BE EXPLAINING TO YOU AND SHARING WITH YOU WHY IT IS THAT THIS SHAME, THIS GUILT COMES. AND ONE OF THE MOST BENEFICIAL THINGS OF THIS IS THAT JUST LIKE THE LORD ASKED ADAM AND EVE RIGHT HERE, HE SAID, WHO TOLD YOU THAT YOU WERE NAKED? IT CERTAINLY WASN'T GOD BECAUSE GOD ASKED THIS QUESTION. IF HE WOULD HAVE BEEN THE ONE WHO WAS SOMEHOW OR ANOTHER WATCHING THEM IN THE MOMENT THAT THEY SINNED, HE PUT THIS SIN CONSCIOUSNESS. HE PUT THIS GUILT. HE PUT THIS FEAR ON THE INSIDE OF THEM. IF THE LORD HAD DONE THAT, HE WOULD NOT HAVE ASKED THIS QUESTION. AND HE ACTUALLY ANSWERED HIS OWN QUESTION WHEN HE SAYS, HAVE YOU EATEN? OF THE TREE OF WHICH I COMMANDED YOU NOT TO EAT OF. IN OTHER WORDS, HE KNEW THAT THAT KNOWLEDGE OF RIGHT AND WRONG AND THE CONDEMNATION, THE SIN CONSCIOUSNESS, THE GUILT CONSCIOUSNESS, THE SHAME, ALL OF THESE THINGS, HE KNEW WHERE THAT CAME FROM. IT CAME FROM THAT TREE. AND YOU KNOW, WE LOVE TO BLAME THE DEVIL, AND I'M ALL FOR BLAMING THE DEVIL FOR ALL WE CAN BLAME HIM FOR. I'M CERTAINLY NOT HERE TO DEFEND THE DEVIL, AMEN. BUT THE DEVIL DIDN'T TELL THEM THIS EITHER.
NOW, SATAN IS THE ONE THAT INSPIRED THIS SERPENT TO SPEAK TO THEM AND TO PLANT DOUBT AND TO GET THEM TO REBEL AT GOD AND DISOBEY GOD. BUT THERE IS NOT A SINGLE MENTION IN SCRIPTURE THAT THE, that the SERPENT OR THE DEVIL IS THE ONE THAT GAVE THEM THIS KNOWLEDGE. IT SAYS IT CAME FROM THE TREE OF THE KNOWLEDGE OF GOOD AND EVIL. AND, YOU KNOW, THIS IS STRANGE TO US TODAY. WE DON'T THINK ABOUT THIS, BUT uh, IN THE GARDEN OF EDEN, he, AFTER THIS HAPPENED, HE uh, EXPELLED ADAM AND EVE FROM THE GARDEN BECAUSE HE DIDN'T WANT THEM EATING OF THE TREE OF LIFE AND LIVING FOREVER. AND IF YOU READ OVER IN THE BOOK OF REVELATION TOWARDS THE END OF THAT BOOK, IT TALKS ABOUT THAT THE TREE OF LIFE IS NOW IN HEAVEN AND THERE IS A, uh, a TREE OF LIFE THAT PEOPLE EAT THE LEAVES THEREOF AND IT'S FOR THE HEALING OF THE NATIONS AND THINGS LIKE THAT. SO THERE IS A PHYSICAL TREE OF LIFE THAT EXISTED IN THE GARDEN OF EDEN. IT'S NOW IN HEAVEN. AND IT ACTUALLY IMPARTS LIFE. SO WHEN WE, YOU KNOW, EAT OF THINGS, IT MAY SUSTAIN LIFE, BUT MOST OF US DON'T THINK THAT A TREE OR SOME PLANT OR SOMETHING GIVES US CHARACTER TRAITS, BUT IN THE GARDEN OF EDEN, THEY DID. I MEAN, THE TREE OF LIFE COULD LITERALLY IMPART LIFE SO THAT PEOPLE COULD EAT IT AND LIVE FOREVER. AND THIS TREE OF THE KNOWLEDGE OF GOOD AND EVIL, it, THIS ISN'T JUST SYMBOLIC. IT LITERALLY GAVE MANKIND, YOU AND I, A CONSCIENCE. EVERY PERSON SINCE ADAM AND EVE HAVE BEEN BORN WITH THIS INTUITIVE KNOWLEDGE OF RIGHT AND WRONG, AND WHEN WE VIOLATE THIS CONSCIENCE, THEN THERE ALSO COMES CONDEMNATION, SHAME, AND GUILT. AND uh, EVEN THOUGH IT SERVES A PURPOSE, IF YOU LIVE UNDER THAT SIN CONSCIOUSNESS, IT WILL LITERALLY DESTROY YOU. IT'LL DRIVE YOU TO DESTRUCTION. AND PRAISE GOD, THE BIBLE SAYS IN ROMANS CHAPTER 8, VERSE 1, THAT THERE IS THEREFORE NOW NO CONDEMNATION TO THEM WHO ARE IN CHRIST JESUS. YOU CAN LIVE A LIFE TO WHERE YOU DO NOT HAVE THIS SIN CONSCIOUSNESS. YOU CAN LIVE FREE OF GUILT THROUGH WHAT JESUS HAS DONE FOR YOU. AND SO I'M GOING TO BE SHARING SOME THINGS THAT I BELIEVE ARE GOING TO MAKE A GREAT, GREAT DIFFERENCE. AGAIN, THIS IS A BRAND NEW BOOK, VERY FIRST TIME I'VE EVER TAUGHT ON THIS, ENTITLED, WHO TOLD YOU? THAT YOU WERE NAKED. THIS IS A STUDY IN THE CONSCIENCE. I HAVE CD'S AND DVD'S ON THIS, AND THIS WILL BE MY VERY FIRST TIME TO HAVE EVER OFFERED THIS OVER TELEVISION. SO IT'S A BRAND NEW TEACHING. I THINK IT'S GOING TO BE A BLESSING TO YOU. I ENCOURAGE YOU TO LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCER, AND uh, AS HE GIVES YOU THIS INFORMATION, PLEASE RESPOND AND GET THIS. AND LET ME ALSO JUST SAY THAT NOT ONLY WOULD THIS BE GOOD FOR YOU, BUT EVERY SINGLE PERSON YOU KNOW HAS TO DEAL WITH THE SHAME AND THE GUILT AND THE FEAR ASSOCIATED WITH THE NEGATIVE THINGS THAT WE'VE DONE. THIS COULD BE A WAY FOR YOU TO REACH OUT AND TOUCH SOMEBODY WHO YOU KNOW IS JUST NOT ENJOYING THE ABUNDANT LIFE THAT JESUS HAS PURCHASED FOR THEM. IT DOESN'T HAPPEN AUTOMATICALLY. AT THE NEW BIRTH, YOUR CONSCIENCE ISN'T JUST, YOU KNOW, WIPED CLEAN AND GIVEN A BRAND NEW START. YOU HAVE TO EXERCISE YOUR CONSCIENCE TO ALWAYS uh, be benefiting you and building you up instead of tearing you down. We hope you enjoyed this edition of The Gospel Truth. Andrew would like to extend a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible for us to broadcast this message consistently all around the world. Because of your contributions, we've been able to put free ministry materials into the hands of millions in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. 
Let me mention once again that I've got a brand new book entitled, Who Told You That You Were Naked? This is actually a study in the conscience. It wasn't God that told Adam he was naked. It wasn't the devil. It was his conscience, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I not only have the book, but I have CDs, and I also have DVDs that were taken from our television program. And I tell you, this teaching would really, really help you to have a confidence and an assurance and a boldness with God. So listen to our announcer as he gives you information how you can receive this product. Andrew's teaching titled, Who Told You That You Were Naked? is available in a four-part CD album or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. You can also get this teaching in book form. The teaching highlighted in today's series is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give, but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111. If the lines are busy, remember you can order ministry materials or become a Grace Partner 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at awmi.net. Sometimes a gift. Once upon a time, many years ago, in the ancient land of Persia, can change your life forever. Andrew would like to offer you the Heart of Christmas DVD for just $25. Order your copy today at awmi.net. The following video is an excerpt from our latest construction update, where Andrew discusses the progress of the Phase 2 garage and gives us a tour of the new ministry headquarters. To see the full video, visit awmi.net slash construction update. We're in our brand new headquarters building. This is the third level. This is the main entrance. It's actually a four-story facility. And we'll now head down to the lower level, and that's where all of our television stuff and our production is. This is our television studio. And as you can see behind me, we are getting set up for our very first television shoot in this new studio tomorrow. I'll be making our Christmas programs that will be aired during uh, the Christmas time. So right on the other side of this is our product fulfillment. 
And this is the area of the ministry that has struggled the most. And I'll show you why right as we walk in there. Okay, so this is our product fulfillment area. And this is where we've had the most challenge because we were going to put these racks all the way to the ceiling and the city has not allowed us to do that. We're trying to comply. We believe we will get it done. This is our product fulfillment staff. They are a blessing. These are the ones that put out all of your CDs, books, and uh, DVDs and everything. And man, y'all are a blessing. You reach millions and millions and millions of people. So now we are headed over to our new parking garage. And I think you are going to be amazed to see the progress that has been made in the last month over there. Okay, so now we are back on our original 157 acre plot. And behind me, you can see our parking garage. So thank you for being a part. If you haven't yet been a part, we would encourage you to join with us and praise God together. We are going to reach farther and deeper with the gospel than we ever have before.